Hey again, travel bosses. I'm excited to bring you this week's sponsor, TripStreak, the smarter travel search. What I love about TripStreak is the ability to set your personal preferences to either have or avoid red-eye flights or have things like completely lie flat seats. So the next time you need to book a flight, check out tripstreak.com slash travel like a boss. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, it's Johnny and welcome to episode 152 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm in Bali and I'm with Robert Botto. Hello everyone. Arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up, uh, Yoda? <laughs> so, where are we right now? We are sitting at your pretty nice hotel slash villa spot uh, with a great view of a pool in Changu, Bali. For 900 bucks a month. Pretty solid. Steel, <laughs> it's which solid. is a steal. Right, so I definitely want to get into like cost of living and kind of what Bali's like, but let's start more with who are you, Mr. Botto? Okay. That's a very broad question, but I like it. <laughs> I'll take that and run with it. Uh, so yeah, I am a location-independent entrepreneur that has uh, been doing online business, uh, working with photography, and I am a, I guess you could say like a tech nerd. You know, so uh, futurism is kind of like, you know, my my secret, what I'm into. So, yeah. Okay, so you believe there is a future? <laughs> More so like, uh, you know, yeah, obviously, there's a future. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think there's only right now. Oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been going through in Chiang Mai and everywhere else. Really? Southeast. Actually, I'm actually kind of joking, but what, 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 like, what actually is futurism? I'm curious. Futurism. It's kind of like, you know, I guess uh, the technologies that could be coming on with, you know, from basically what's projected okay. with our current rate of tech and innovation. So just like AI and um, augmented reality and things like that, or yeah. just be, even beyond that? Yeah, that's it's kind of that and uh, a little bit beyond that as well. But for the most part, yeah, it's kind of going along those lines. And, you know, things like anything that Elon Musk kind of talks about is in the realm of, fu- you know, futures. So who wouldn't believe in that? I guess, like, you know, the people that are stuck in the, you know, nine, you know, Windows 97. Is it because, <laughs> I mean, obviously, the few, you know, these things are coming. Is it that they would rather kind of revert back to a day where we don't have smartphones, we're not connected online all the time? Well, I think the tough part for a lot of people is change. And because technology is changing so rapidly, you know, some people get used to something and, you know, changing to something new is always going to be difficult. So, you know, that's that's the difficult part, I think, is like literally accepting that this is going to be a new reality. So, okay, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I think people get comfortable. They're like, you know, what? I, it took me f- this long to figure out my BlackBerry. <laughs> I'm not going to a freaking <laughs> iPhone like, and you know, or it took me this long to figure out. Facebook. I'm not using Snapchat, so I can see that. Yeah, it's it's just a whole lot of I think <clears throat> the idea of trouble with change, and then yeah. like the, you know, there's no way this is possible. But I think I would imagine that these are like the type of people with that mindset would be like 50 plus. But you're saying like you've met like younger people that have that mentality. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, there's the people that are living quote unquote in the present. I mean, like truly through and through. And it's tough to I guess balance the idea of like you know truly believing in technology that's going to help innovate the world when you're trying to be present at the same time. So I mean, it's 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 a I can see where they're coming from, but at the same token, like you know, it's it's my reality is 
bad. And I definitely think there's there's definitely downsides to technology, and some people want to keep either their privacy, they want to keep um, being offline for whatever reason, just not like being on your phone all the time, right? So there's definitely a downside where if we were out for dinner or lunch and you're on your phone the whole time, that would suck. And yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people that don't want that. I don't want that either. But I do think that there's a way to have the advantages of technology without letting it consume us. Yeah, it's it's a fine walking balance, and I think the generation below you and I is going to be <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see how they interact socially with with people and everything. Uh, because they're they're the ones that are truly like growing up within the tech era where you know you and I kind of hit it like when we were a little bit older, so we didn't actually physically grow up with it. Like my cousin's like four, and she knows how to operate an entire iPad already, and like you know go on YouTube, all this good stuff. Well, on the flip side, my cousin who came to visit is about forty five, and. He has one of those old Nokias with, you know, snake on it, the, the gray and white ones. Oh, yeah. And he refuses to get a smartphone because he doesn't want it to consume his life. He doesn't want to be bothered by his boss when he's out mm-hmm. and have him say, you need to download this, you know, spreadsheet or whatever it is, legal doc, and go over it while you're out at dinner. So... The, by him having a phone from, you know, 1992, <laughs> he tells his boss like i can't open it <laughs> if you need something you can call me but i'm probably not gonna be very much help if i can't look at the document <laughs> so that way that work gets passed on to someone else or they have to wait till the next day so funny story my my father is identical to the situation he he is the same exact way he, he still buys the old flip phones where like you know i'm like dad they're gonna they're gonna like they're not gonna sell these anymore soon and he's like oh i'll find them don't worry like i don't want the government tracking me and i was like what <laughs> what a, what a, what an answer, right? Like you know, he's like, I'm I'm too dumb for a smartphone. That's what he well, says. Well, here's the thing: is so when he came to visit, he had no map. All right, he's in another country, and Chiang Mai, especially Neiman, where I was staying, is very easy to navigate. Yeah, and you know, he was he was late for something, was early for something, and I said, oh well, we're at this cafe three blocks away. Just meet us here. And normally, you can either drop a pin or you can just tell them the name. They can Google it. They can Google Map. It's it's just very easy. Yeah. It, took him like an hour to find us because you know i had to try to explain him directions over the phone and then he went the wrong way and then then he, he was lost and now he's like okay i gotta go back to the starting point <laughs> and i'm like this is your fault by not having by refusing to have a smartphone and it's not that he can't afford it you know he's a lawyer he can afford it and his sister has been insisting on giving him her old smartphones were just in a drawer for this whole time just pass along iPhones, like, you know, the the archaic yeah. <laughs> iPhones. But, like, for him, it's, like, still, no, no, no. That is how I got my first one. It was a iPhone 3GS. And I was so excited when I got it that I posted online saying, I got, a, I got an iPhone. I was showing it off to all my friends. And, in like, they were all like, that's not a new one. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's, how can you tell it's not a new one? And they're like, it's clearly, <laughs> like, not a new iPhone. <laughs> But it was new to me. Yeah, that's what was so exciting. I, I still, I still, you know, I can see that this is a hurdle for I think a certain demographic of people. They're just refusing to get past that that one step of the the tech, and when it comes to just as simple as an iPhone or a smartphone in general, like this is yeah. now not new technology at all. <laughs> and there's definitely so many benefits of it. And for me personally, I hate actually getting interrupted when I'm out. You know, I don't want to be interrupted during this podcast. I don't want to be interrupted while I'm having lunch. So I don't have notifications on my phone at all. And you can, well, you can watch my phone. I, I bet you, aside from like a new sale notification or something that I want to get, maybe like a message from a friend saying, do you want, do you want to grab lunch? Right. Not a Facebook message, but like an actual SMS or WhatsApp message. Aside from that, 
my phone will not go off at all. Hmm. No Instagram notifications, no Twitter notifications, no Facebook notifications, no Facebook messengers, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I... I think I'm the complete polar opposite of you. And I think I need to get to that point, though, because, like, there's points in the day where, like, I've just put my phone on mute because, like, I'm tired of it vibrating. Because, like, I I had a use, I used to have a ringtone, but it kept on ringtone, like, you know, the ringtone. My goal now is to figure out how the hell to get a app that can give me a notification every time I make a sale, but, like, mute everything else. You like, can. Shopify. <laughs> yeah, but they, they you can't... How do you actually make it so it just notifies you just with a sale without having your media one? Like, you're... Like I want to have it muted for everything else. So, what... Like, so the notifications you're getting are what? Instagram and... Yeah, like just that? like yeah, all the just basic stuff. Literally just turn all of them off. Just turn them all off. Just turn all of them just off. Just go through it and turn it off. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I did. That's easy. And, and my, my life has been a million times better because of it. Yeah. So, recommendation to everyone listening. Just turn off all notifications except for what's making you money. I'm down for that, seriously, because right? that's that's what I, I want. I want that, you know. Like every time I get them, like, all right, nice. Because <laughs> that, that's good. That's positive input. Yeah. If forget all the negative stuff, forget all the. I mean, not even negative stuff. Like, if someone likes my Instagram photo, great, right? But yeah. I don't need that little dose of dopamine all day. I don't want to get addicted to that and not. And when I whenever I don't get that, thinking like, oh, my day is so crappy. Even though I'm sitting out here in Bali, you know, I'm like, oh, how come nobody's liking my photo? Fuck them. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Log in, you know, once a day. Just take a look. And be like, oh, that was a good day. Make it move on. Make it part of your routine in a sense. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, like, I like that a lot for sure. All right. Yeah. So futurist tech nerd. You grew up where? Photographer. Yeah. I grew up in South Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up, uh, I guess, like the 40 minutes from the shore and 35 minutes from Philadelphia. So, yeah, okay. like, you know, South Jersey. Very nice. Middle of the farmland. <laughs> and how did you kind of start this journey of being location dependent? So I started this journey probably about two, two and a half years ago, and it all happened to be from um, Drops of Lifestyle and actually your podcast. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, seriously, no joke. So um, it's kind of crazy that I'm here right now. But uh, yeah, I literally was um, getting done with a, a old business, a digital franchise I purchased. and like, What's a digital franchise? Um, it's kind of... It was... A competitor of Grubhub. So, like, you can imagine, like, it was the same idea of Grubhub, but I had, like, a territory, and my territory was, like, all of South Jersey. Grubhub, is that, like, an online menu? Yep. Yeah, so online food delivery kind of thing. Okay. So, so like, you, who, how were you delivering food? Um, so, my my job was I bought, basically, uh, a fran- the franchise model, digital, quote-unquote, franchise, because it was literally buying the software and the platform to host all these restaurants and to work with them on special deals and whatnot. So, like, I was basically using their platform and bringing in all these restaurants and doing business. So I wasn't actually, I was like a middleman, I guess you could say. Okay. So like, you know, people, I was making money off quantity. Uh, mm. That that was kind of like the game. So you, you bought into this franchise, they gave you the software to be able to list restaurants in their menus. Somebody orders off of your site. Mm-hmm. That company actually delivers it, or the restaurant delivers it. The restaurant, yeah. And actually, at the end of the tail end of that, I was like, they were, we were starting to work and build our own delivery service to like include to make some extra money okay. because, like, you know, it was actually helping everyone in a sense. That makes know, sense. The people that couldn't offer delivery, we were offering yeah. it for them. So yeah, I, you know, I started that like literally. I graduated in December of 2011 from Penn State, and January 2012, I started with my family business. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my family owns a food manufacturing company mm-hmm. that distributes across the country. And then... Um, what type of food? Uh, Italian sausages, Ooh. Italian meatballs, like, you know... To hook it up, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. Like, I love some uh, of that. Yeah. So, so, I jumped into that. I wanted to, like, learn, be part of the whole family business. And, yeah. like, you know, it was... Uh, 
really good. I went for agricultural business management. So, okay. like, it made sense. And uh, from there, I was, like, working from 6 to, like, 3.30, 4 o'clock. And uh, at that moment, like, you know, I'd get home and I had so much time. And, like, you know, it's like, oh, man, I'm, like, I'm eager. I'm still hungry uh-huh. at this time. So, that's when I literally, like, I think it was February, I purchased the digital franchise. Okay. Like, you know, was- How much was that to buy into? Uh... I, I mean, yeah. I had to get some loans from fan, friends and family. It was like, it was a like, solid, like, like over, over 10K. Yeah. So it was like quite a sizable. Yeah. It was like, okay. Yeah. It was like a little over double that. Oh. So like you, double, is it like 20K or like double, is it like, no, like, yeah, okay. it was like 20 plus. plus. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I guess it's, I mean, that's what it costs, right? To, yeah. to start a business. Is, was there, I mean, what was the big benefit of, I understand from your point of view, uh, from having kind of having the franchise model. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't that company just do it on their own everywhere? They believed in localized service and okay. localized deals. So, like, part of my job as the owner was to go and meet these restaurant owners and, like, you know, kind of like get special exclusive deals and stuff like that, and run like these, you know, once a quarter like campaigns that would like really bring in a lot of traffic. That makes then. sense. And was that a profitable business? Yeah, no, we did good. And like when I was, when I exited, someone came in and bought in because they were interested and like they saw me making like, you know, some momentum within the area and okay. like they bought in. They basically, you know, I did pretty good with that. And okay. then, um, so, so I'm, I'm assuming you at least made back that 20 plus. Okay. It was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we made that, made that back. And then, uh, when I exited, did, did, did a little bit better. And, uh, nice. Yeah. So okay. I don't so think it was a success. It was a success for me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for good. the most part. I mean, I don't think my partner at the time, uh, did so well once I left. But why do, you know, that, why do you think that was? Were you, were you carrying some of the weight? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was, and uh, I don't want to just get go down that road. So yeah, yeah it was just like okay. that was a lesson learned for me when it comes to getting partnerships. Like yeah. you know, I was eager, I wanted uh, some extra money, and uh, you know, and I, I, did, I didn't go I, through it. <laughs> so I would never have another partnership again <laughs> either. But actually, so ironically, uh, Robert was one of my dropship partners, and. Well, you know, we can actually talk about that for a while. Like, I, I think it was overall, it was like everybody benefited from it. So it was good experience. But I think we all realized that partnerships suck. They just don't work. It's very difficult. It is very, very difficult. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's hard. You can imagine it's, a, it's a, ma- it's a marriage with less benefits. <laughs> yeah. And it's unnecessary benefits too. Like, I, I, yeah. So, Here's here's what here's my thought on, on partnerships is one of the two partners will always end up doing way more work than the other and it's not always and but then often people will think they're it's the opposite role so the one that's actually doing like nothing is probably doing no no maybe in their mind they think they're doing a lot and yeah. then the one that's doing a lot maybe or thinks they're doing a lot maybe is actually doing nothing and it's it's usually this weird kind of conundrum. And I'm guilty of being on both sides. I, for like, even with just the, the, the partnership stores, there was like some people that I like spent a lot of time with and then just completely ignored the other people because I didn't have time for them or they seemed like they were doing fine. Right. So I was like, okay, let me just focus on these problem ones. And then, or, and then some, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just like, I don't, th- I don't think partnerships in general work even if you just have one business and then if you try to like multiply it and try to juggle 10 at a time it's, it just doesn't work yeah it becomes uh 10 times more intensified especially yeah. in your position for sure and yeah. any any partnership is almost really difficult uh you know and it, as soon as you involve money things get really intensified big time like it's no more like you know it's just a friend partnership it's now like money's involved and now things get real and uh that's not st- saying for you and i but like you know in general like uh, that was my 
previous experience with you know the the franchise. It was as soon as money got involved, things got serious. Crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah, the guy who bought in was like a he was a like a, a old mayor of like this town that I used <laughs> to sell in. Like you know, and he he approached me and everything. It was it was quite interesting. But like you know, he was seemed like such a good person until money got involved, and then yeah. like you know, just. Yeah, I, you know, so people, it, cha- it changes the people role. People say that money is the root of all evil. I think money <sighs> brings out the bad in people, as, and I guess as well as the good. You know, but yeah. I think mainly just kind of brings out the bad. So if someone has, you know, everybody has a little bit of, of bad in them, I guess. But money, just like especially not not just money, but like the scarcity of money or the greed of money, that's what amplifies people's bad points by like a million i think amplifies the the, the word choice right there yeah, is yeah. one point for sure because yeah. i definitely think it amplifies a hundred percent like you know yeah. it brings it out for sure yeah <laughs> yeah so ironclad contracts from now on if if you guys have to do a partnership or if i have to do another partnership ironclad contracts uh for example me and sam marks just signed a finally signed a contract <laughs> for invest like a boss even though we now have i don't know how many episodes for like 40 plus and it's been like almost a year <laughs> but we were never making any money we've no, been lo- never <laughs> yeah we were, we we're losing money every month until you know up until this point just because we we're paying for podcast editing hosting giving away like gift cards like you know just all this stuff right that all kind of adds up and because there was never any money involved as in making money uh we just never cared just like whatever and then we got like our first like you know, a commission from Amazon for like, refer, you know, referring all these books to them. Uh, people are like, oh yeah, buy this book and people click the link. And we're like, okay, now we got a couple hundred bucks. How are we going to spend this? <laughs> like, should we go back and pay me back for like the money that I spent, um, you know, floating the, for the expenses, for the expenses yeah. or should we like just, you know, carry forward? You know, then it gets complicated. And luckily, both Sam and I have that abundance mentality when it comes to money. And both of us are like, I, right, whatever, whatever's fair. <laughs> And, but now that we actually sat down, we talked about like what our expectations are. We wrote it down and we didn't even sign it. We just literally sent each other an email, replied saying, okay, I agree. Hmm. And that, that's really enough. I think people just need to like really clarify the roles. Clarification of roles is, is massive for sure. And expectations really. I mean, like, you know, it's, you don't want to be left in the dark and have be confused in like what your role is. And that's, I think the clarification is huge with role identification. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I learned a ton from this. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> right. uh, so I heard that you have sold your, your partnership store. I sold it, yeah. Okay. I sold it, yeah, on the, the Facebook group for the Dropship Lifestyle, which, you know, okay. once you're a member, you can get in. But, yeah, there's a lot of active members in there. So, yeah, someone actually picked it up, which is nice. That's cool, right? So yeah. what, what, was, like, what was your reason for getting out of it? Um, basically I had like, uh, a, I couldn't figure out the AdWords technically. Yeah. That's, that's basically the honest answer to that. And, uh, I'm already juggling two other, three other stores. Uh, right. so how are your other stores? Are those profitable? One is, one isn't okay. another one. I literally am just starting. So, like, What's okay. so why do you have so many other ones? I'm curious. <clears throat> well, I'm starting another one right now uh, <laughs> okay. because it's, uh, it's going to be giving back to artisans in Morocco. Nice. Uh, Morocco. Okay. So, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's a very small, uh, like I, I want to be giving back. That's yeah. kind of like where I want to take drop shipping now. Like, you know, and, uh, I think it's something past just money. It's now just, you know, it's a more of a basically yeah. social entrepreneurship. And I think that's why I want to slowly phase into that and sell my other ones that are just purely for money. I like that. Good <laughs> on you, man. Yeah, man. Actually, somebody had asked once, they're like, you know, I think so dropshipping overall has a terrible name for whatever reason. I think this, cause I think it's, it's number one, it's misunderstood. 
Uh, I think second, there's so many different types of dropshipping. And I remember one question someone asked, or one comment they made was, um, is there a way to dropship without selling like shitty China, like uh, products from China? <laughs> And I responded, I'm like, I don't sell anything, like any shitty product from China. Oh my gosh. Like the stuff I, I sell is like handmade furniture in the US, you know, from somebody in the US making it. And they actually use like eco-friendly materials, all the stuff. But I guess I never really talk about that. I just talk about like, you know, people, and, and there are definitely people who are dropshipping stuff off Ali, AliExpress or Alibaba. Yep. That's like crappy items selling on Facebook. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah. and I've actually, I've dabbled with that as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to lie. I've done yeah. it. And, uh, you know, I think for me, it's like, I just want to touch every point of dropshipping the sea. You know, when people do give comments like that, I can give an honest answer back because, yeah. um, yeah, I actually am still doing that to this moment, like selling things throughout AliExpress and like, you know, <laughs> I, I believe in some of the items for the most part. I mean, like it's, I'm selling, you know, jewelry. So, you know, there's a probably, there's about a million people doing the exact same thing I'm doing. And, uh, you know, there's, it's a certain, we are still giving back on, the, on this site though. So it's like, you know, we're, we're planting trees, you know, we're helping out the, with the environment. So it's not just about the, and the, the items are like good quality as well. So it's not like, you know, we're just putting up a million items and just saying like, you know, ah, screw it. Like, you know, the consumer can, you know, they can eat it, but like, you know, we're actually going through and vetting the products a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, and that's a good point because there's definitely a, a way to make any business or any, you know, you know, especially in an online business where you have so much choice, which actually be like, okay, if I don't like this supplier because they're using slave labor, yeah. I can use this other supplier that isn't. You know, maybe the prices are higher, but then I can market better and say, you know, have that be a, be a feature. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. There's there's definitely a way to make anything either sustainable, uh, eco friendly, or just like you know. A happy business. I don't want to say that. Yeah, it's it's your choice. I mean, real realistically, I mean, that's the best part of dropshipping because you know, dropshipping offers you that the ability to basically it gives you the ability to kind of pick and choose whatever you want because you're not physically bringing anything into your house or into your warehouse or yeah. buying anything. I mean, like you know, you can literally sell whatever you want. If, you know, if you're a conscious person, then you know you're not going to sell low quality goods. Yeah, and that's basically the bottom line. And I line. think in the long run, it's a bad idea anyway because you can get bad reviews and get chargebacks, you can get returns. That's why I'd, I'd rather sell something that knows a good product. People are going to get it in a timely manner instead of you know waiting four weeks or six weeks to get it. You know, something that can ship from the US. Yeah. And then have them be happy when they get it because that leads to positive reviews. That leads to them sharing with friends, yeah, you know, be ordering. You definitely want to keep a positive cycle in your business. I mean, like, no, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine. I guess there is people out there that are doing this, but I mean, realistically, like, why would you want to have any type of negativity around your business? Like, yeah. you know, you want the entire cycle to be positive. Like hopefully the people you're working with that you're buying from, it's yeah. positive. The people that are receiving it, it's positive. And then, you know, you're just giving out positive energy and you're, you're going to receive positive energy. I definitely agree. Uh, especially with, with long-term thinking. Yes. I mean, if you want to make some short ter- short-term money, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can probably scam a, sh- a shit ton of people. But like, you know, yeah. and, but that's not, I don't, it's not the right way to go. I don't even think, yeah, I mean, the worst definitely not even a scam because people that are selling the like low-priced Alibaba items, it's not that they're scamming people in a sense where people aren't getting the product. I think, oh, I think people have the wrong idea what a scam is, right? That's think, also true. Yeah, <laughs> like a scam is, you, you know, like you, you sell something that doesn't exist. Yeah. And then like, you know, and then you disappear off the face of the earth and there's no way for them to like get the refund. Yeah. A, by, you know, by selling like a subpar crappy product. Yeah. That people actually receive. I guess in some ways you could say that's a scam, but it's more like you're just, sh- you're just selling really shitty products. And then, you know, but then there's a way for people just to like get their money back, either ask for a refund or they can get a charge back to their credit card. Yeah. Um, 
there needs to be different different word for that. Yeah, I guess scam isn't the right word. It's it's too loose because there's yeah. too many things that could be associated with it. Honestly, like you know, I think yeah. a scam like a scam. Yeah, scam would be like you buy a pair of earrings online that says 19.99 and then you receive your bill and it's, and it's like there's an extra comma <laughs> it's like 1999 i i literally like just think of like bernie madoff yeah. <laughs> like scam <laughs> like you know Ponzi i just scheme. listened to his uh his interview on i think it was on audible uh there's a, a book where he actually call like from jail and here's the crazy thing is you can you can only talk for 15 minutes at a time on a payphone in jail, and then you have to wait 15 minutes to call back again. <laughs> so he did a whole f- interview series from jail in 15 minute chunks over the course of like three weeks. What? Yeah, it's That's, very interesting. Yeah, did you see that on Audible? What did you say? It's on Audible somewhere. I thought the name of it, but it's. Uh, I mean, the recording quality is not not the best, but it's it's interesting to hear from him and his his side and his point of view. I, okay, I want to I want to probably look into that because I, I I remember when that was happening. It was just like the biggest thing, you know. It still is. I mean, I feel. You know, those, those people, whew, that, that's a scam. That's right? definitely a scam. And actually, what's interesting is hearing his point of view where he's like... That's what I'm interested in. He, okay, so the only... He definitely scammed everyone, right? <laughs> like, there's no justification of that. But people also allowed themselves to get scammed mm. in a way where they were getting these unrealistic returns. That's, Eight, like yeah. 18 plus whatever, right? And they would have these stupid demands like... Um, my sh- like I-, I can never lose on a trade which means in stocks normally let's say you trade 100 stocks you just want to have a positive ratio where like 60% of it makes you money and then 40% either breaks even or doesn't make money and that's kind of that's normal right yeah. people his customers have these demands they're like i never want to see a single um you know loss i only want my my account to go up i never want to see a dip and he, he would just be like okay and then he would just like, you know, fluff that number. Um, and then, you know, then obviously all, f- all fell apart at the end. But it's a lot of it is like these fucking re- unrealistic expectations of people of a consumer. That's incredible, actually. I didn't. Yeah, it's something you probably would never hear, honestly, is like their end of how their demands were. Because that's something I didn't know. Yeah. And like, you know, let's be real. That's not possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think like when people say dropshipping is a scam. It definitely isn't. Like, we've now met enough people that have successful dropshipping stores that actually make real money. And then people like you that were doing it in, like, an ethical way, yeah. selling good products and giving back. Yeah, it's... I, I still don't understand it, I guess, really. Maybe I'm not diving too deep into the troll world of, uh, you know... That's wh- probably a good thing that you, know, you avoid where, Reddit. <laughs> wherever these people come from. But, like, you know, dropshipping is is definitely feasible. I mean, like, you know, people are doing it across the world. And I, you know, during my journey through Chiang Mai and now in Bali, like I've, I've met countless people that are doing it through either Shopify, you know, um, or eBay. I mean, like, you know, and just absolutely even Etsy, I've actually met an Etsy person, which is interesting, but like, you know, it's incredible, right? Like, you know, it's, it's not, I don't understand. Like, maybe it's because they've tried and failed or, you know, they're not picking it up or whatever, whatever the reasons may be. It's, it's possible. You know what I mean? It's definitely possible. So, I think I'm. A, I, I've been like putting way too much energy trying to fight this war. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna let people think whatever the fuck they want to do, and I'm just gonna do my own thing because I've like I've gotten so much heat and so much trouble for being like the voice of of reason and be like, no, you fucking idiots, like. Yeah, it works. This is risky business to be on your podcast right now. Right? I was right. I was flying under the radar so well. Oh man, <laughs> just kidding, man. No. But like, seriously, like, the more people that like like you who actually you know come on interviews or speak up about it, yeah. the more people are like, oh okay, well 
you know, maybe it doesn't work for some people. And it doesn't. Like every business, just like the digital franchise you bought in. Yeah. I'm pretty sure not every single person is successful with it. All right. No, yeah, there was a there was a handful of people that failed during yeah. during my time too, like the two years. Yeah. And that's a twenty plus K investment. It's huge. Yeah. You know, and like the nice thing about dropshipping stores is like all in all, like you're not spending more than a few thousand dollars. All in all. Like if anything, on your second and third store, you're spending like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, your first store you're going to spend more money because you probably don't know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Plus, it's the whole startup cost, like yeah. you know, the, you know, if you're getting the course or whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, once that's done, I mean, like you can start a store for like what five hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, yeah, yeah five to eight hundred dollars, maybe. Yeah. Like that's that's really pushing it. But I mean, like, yeah, there's a very low startup cost. Like, yeah. You know, and, all right, so enough about that. I want to talk about Bali. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's, let's jump to the. I, I, I don't want to talk about the present. <laughs> so, uh, Robert and I met in Chiang Mai. He was part of the Joshua Partnership, and even though that's officially over now, we're still hanging out. Yeah, we're still it's hanging nice. out. We're still communicating. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone still in the friends with everyone in the group. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of family um, for sure. And I think a few of them are holding on to the original plan of running the store, making it profitable, keeping it for twelve months, and then selling it for a big amount. And a bunch of people have said, you know what? Let me just focus on other things, and they just flipped it for you know a thousand bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. So now that we're in Bali, what made you come to Bali? Uh, I was in Chiang Mai uh, for a long period of time, and then I decided that I wanted to see a beach, and you know I was ready to go out of Thailand. So mm. Chang Changju Changu was basically that that place. I mean, like you know, I've heard nothing but good things. They have good Wi-Fi. There's actually a co-working space. There's it's. You're on the beach and there, there's a there's Wi-Fi. I mean, like you know, it's and it wasn't that expensive to get here from Chiang Mai. So that was a good. So Changu Bali is north of Kuta, so you can fly into Denpasar. Yeah, I think it is. Yep, and it's not that far. It's on paper, it's probably only like ten miles or something, <laughs> but it takes about an hour to get from the airport to Changu Beach. Um, the probably the most famous beach if you want to look at a map is called Echo Beach, mm-hmm. uh, or there's a restaurant called Old Man's something. Yep, that. Is we're actually like very close to we're like a yeah. block away from Chiang one Chiang block Chiang. away yeah. yeah literally one block away and uh, yeah I mean uh, so yeah Changu I came I came here really because of you know the idea of learning to surf being on a beach you know I wanted to conquer that fear I've always had of basically surfing in general in the ocean so you know and then my partner was coming out to meet me and she's a big beach person so like you know we decided basically on Changu is 100 like you know actually it's funny the Chiang Mai community they there's like a whole group of people like like 50 or 60 people that are all coming to bali to kind of like you know relocate during burning season and whatnot and like you know i've been running into people left and right and like you know there's other people on ubu that i ran into it's it's so it's kind of cool i mean like you know there's been other people that have also decided to come here as well for the surf beach and like you know the lifestyle i think this year is going to be you know bali as like the destination for to get away from birdie season. So birdie season is from around, I guess it's all March basically. Yeah. It starts a little bit, a few weeks before, goes a few weeks after. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, tough it out in Chiang Mai. And then the, the air quality starts getting bad. So then they leave and they automatically just look on Facebook. They're like, where is everyone else? And they see, oh, Robert and Johnny are in Bali. Let's go to Bali. Yeah. And that's how it starts. Yep. Last year was Kolanta. I think uh, some people tried to do it in Kopenyang another year. Actually, so curious, why do you, would you have you been to Kolanta, Kopenyang? I actually haven't been to the, okay. the, the island south of in Thailand. No, not yet. So most people end up, you know, when they want to get to a beach, they go to either Kopenyang or, or Kolanta. Yeah. And I don't know why. Not that many people talk about Bali. Hmm. Very curious why. I, I I wonder that too. Honestly, when I honestly I have no idea. But once I came here, I realized like 
why aren't more people talking about yeah. this place? Like, you know, honestly, it's it's literally it's vacation, but also there's amazing Wi-Fi. So like, I was literally working um, on the beach yeah. yesterday. <laughs> like, I was doing the. I don't want to say the douchey digital nomad thing, but yeah, I was doing. It. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it amazing, but I would say okay, it, it's not usable it's, Wi-Fi. It's, it's usable. <laughs> I mean, like you know, there there's the cafes. Majority of them have good Wi-Fi. There is a there's a ton of cafes that have decent good Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, if you're a YouTuber, maybe you're not the best place because like you know the down and up speed is not like you know over twenty. You know, like yeah, def- yeah, definitely. And for most places, it's. It's like three megs down, maybe three megs up or something, yeah. which is definitely usable. If you guys are just, you know, going through email, spreadsheets, running a dropshipping store, whatever yeah. it is, as long as you're not uploading big videos. Files, yeah, for sure. Files. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, when I first came here, you know, I, it's not, one thing I did realize in difference to Chiang Mai, like Chiang Mai is very like, uh, I guess the term is plug and play. Like you can go there and you're like, you're in, like you're into the culture, you're living, like you know exactly where to go, where to hang out, like. You meet Everything, tons of people. Everything's that are already built. super, you know, well, like welcoming. Yeah, you know, people are like, it's like college. It's like your first year of college. It's, it's yeah, it strangely resembles that, but like you know, also it's professional. Like you know, yeah. So it's people, a, are, yeah, people are like, there's a lot of people building real businesses there. Yeah, like honestly, yeah, yeah, like it's actually quite unbelievable. But um, yeah, when I first came out here, it was not as plug and play for sure. Like you know, I didn't know anybody. I couldn't find. There was like one Facebook group called like Chengdu Community. Like you know, was, uh, trying to interact with people, trying to find an apartment. I felt like I was trying to get scammed nonstop from people. Like you know, like basically like you know, they're giving me locations, and then once I got here, I realized they weren't good locations, and like you know, stuff like that. So like, but once once I got here, my my first thing was to find a place to stay, and I literally went and traveled to like I'd say like twenty five to thirty different like guest houses that were in the area, and kind of negotiated till i found a place that i liked and like you know right now my 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 guest house is 300 bucks a month yeah good value (laughs) good value really good value they're like literally like it's like a hotel like they come they change the sheets like you know do give me new towels it's like really effing nice and then um i literally went to every single one and i was brought my laptop and i tested the down smart that's very smart literally the one that was perfect location right over rice paddy field it was amazing like everything was so good but it was like 0.5 0.5 down yep. and i'm like listen man i'll give you an extra 500k or a million i don't care just to get faster internet he's like rob i can't do it man i just can't do it i'm like i can't live here then like you know because that's insane right co- coming from chiang mai i was living in a place where the the down speed in my apartment was i couldn't work and like yeah. that i realized is something i'll never do again because like sometimes like you know i want to leave a coffee shop and actually go home and like just sit on my bed and work yeah that's well, you want to watch a YouTube video. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I literally yeah, yeah. want to just sit in my apartment and just do something. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like super hot out one day or it's raining one day. You're just like, I just want to stay home. That's it. Yeah. And you can't... You, I couldn't do that in Chiang Mai for, you know, the tail end of me staying there. Uh-huh. So, Where were you staying in Chiang Mai? It's like a secret place. No. <laughs> uh, I was paying... It was. Uh, it's called the Siri, but it was like not the Siri that you were at. Oh, so like the there's knockoff no- Siri. <laughs> there's, a, there's a knockoff Siri. <laughs> <laughs> literally, it was like... I would suggest that... Going there if you're on a budget. Yeah. How much was it per month? You, you want me to give this away? Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, the one. There's actually two locations, and they're right almost next to each other. The one is seventy five dollars a month. Seventy five dollars. Yeah, and the other one, the other one's a hundred. So I was staying in the hundred one because the seventy five dollars <laughs> filled up. Oh, this is hilarious. Yeah, a hundred bucks a month. That's insane. Joking. Yeah, dude. I mean, like you know, it was actually a really nice accommodation, other than the Wi Fi. <laughs> so three thousand five hundred bought. Yeah. Uh, three thousand four, yeah, that's cool. cheap. I've I've actually stayed in a place that was three thousand five hundred before, so 
So I, I, I know that's fine. It's, you know, it's good. It's it's good to bootstrap. Dude, it's pretty smart. It's very good for bootstrap. Yeah. I mean, you can live there for you know whole year. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my rent for one month in Philadelphia. Yeah, right, it's insane. <laughs> so here's my here, here's kind of what I've learned about Wi-Fi. Pretty much, yeah, I guess both in Chiang Mai and and here yeah. is you get what you pay for. I guess right. Like the more expensive a place is in general, the better the Wi-Fi is. Um, you know, especially like if it's a newer building, they just in general have better Wi-Fi. But I think your tip about just going there either either with your laptop or I guess you could just do speed test on your phone and checking it before you you commit i think that's a good idea yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. do that um if you can just bring your laptop it's super easy and like everywhere has wi-fi it's like if they don't have wi-fi you're probably not going to stay there <laughs> that's literally like was my first question yeah. um so, so yeah. yeah so I, I think that in general the wi-fi in chiang mai is way better in general way better like way better they have because okay another big difference that from chiang mai and uh, changu is that like Chiang Mai is way more modern. Like, that's just the bottom line. I mean, there's something called AIS there. And AIS is like, you know, basically a cell phone carrier, which here doesn't even, they don't even really have real cell phone carriers. Like, like you literally just go to like these random, like, I don't even know what they're called. Like, just random street stores that you go and buy data from. I don't even know if there's actual... We call them a bodega. Yeah. Like, in New York. That's that's like, it, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like a liquor that. store. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you just go, you pick up your data, and that's that's that. I mean, like, you know... I actually bought my SIM card in the airport, and I, and I definitely overpaid. I think it was, like, 30 something dollars when it should be, like, $5, right? To be honest with you, um, I'm rolling without data. Come on, man. <laughs> And it's actually probably the, I'm not proud of this either because um because I'm like into photography and yeah. so is my partner we do a lot of adventuring and uh, we've caught ourselves in some some times where having data would probably have been pretty helpful to get out of like you know come on dude places go, go pick up a five dollars <laughs> sim card go to the bodega I mean like it's actually kind of like nice to detach like when you're not when you're it's amazing to detach but I but think, it's good to have the option to attach if you need to I think doing the no notification thing is a good good option because yeah. that's been like my look, look my phone it's been 30 minutes and my phone has not gone off once I think that's going to be my next move because uh for me like that's why I kind of like having no data is because like you know help whenever it I'm not you. yeah force it literally forces me to have no data and like I've been using this app that's like for offline maps it works pretty well but like when you're stuck in nope. the middle of a jungle man and like you know you don't know where the shit you're at <laughs> yeah so my, my tip for travel bosses <laughs> not, all right, if you want to be a travel peasant so you can go get away with no no data but if you're a boss turn off the notifications so you have peace of mind but yeah. then get a sim card as soon as you land wherever you go and for us the reason why we had to get a sim card at the airport was those taxi motherfuckers at the airport were so annoying that i just refused to get into any of them and i was like i'm gonna call an uber no matter what it takes so you know we had to get a sim card for that and just kind of give people an idea. You get out of, you know, Bali airport. It's beautiful. It's like a, you know, it reminds you of Hawaii. But then you get literally 150 taxi drivers running up to you, like trying to touch you and grab you and say, get in my car, get in my car, this much, this much. And the amount of money is so hard to calculate, especially when you just arrived because they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, one person will say 150,000 and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know, and someone else is like, you know, one million or, and you're like, a million what? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, going from the currency difference of Chiang Mai to here is quite extreme. Like, you instantly become a millionaire. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much, yeah, check that off your bucket list. I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> and I got I got scammed in Vietnam and Saigon by a taxi driver. Really? Where 
I knew it was going to like, and people were, had warned me. So I, I watched the meet. I made sure they made, used the meter. I watched it, but turns out they put an extra zero in there. So instead of me paying, you know, whatever, $13, it ended up being like $130 or something by accident. <laughs> and the, because the money's so stupid with the, all, like, the, all the zeros, it was so hard to just figure out, especially like, you know, you just got off a long flight. You're tired. You're a bit like disoriented. Yeah. And you just want to get to the hotel room. You know, you just, you know, you changed in a bunch of currency from another currency and now you have a stack of cash that you don't know what any of the bills are. And that, that's how they fuck you. You're not in hustle mode at the moment. Yeah. Or like, you know, the reality of where you're at. You know, it's, it's tough to get acquainted for sure. I mean, like, you know, and I think that's for a lot of people when they're traveling. Like as soon as you land, it's, it's tough to get acquainted to exactly what the culture is, like, you know, and everything. Like, you know, I realized pretty quickly that everything is negotiable in Changu just like it is in Chiang Mai. Like, you know, for the most part. Like, when it comes to buying, like, you know, uh, I guess, like, with vendors. With vendors, at least. I like Chiang Mai that it's now, most places now have like, set prices, like, and they display it. Yeah. Because I hate even that spending that effort to argue and say, like, you know, and try to get, and not even try to get a bargain, but just try to get a fair price. Yeah, I, mean, I think like you know, other than street vendors, Chiang Mai doesn't have that. Like, doesn't have the bargaining ability. Like, maybe here, like you know, same with street vendors here as well. Like you know, but you know, when you're a foreigner, like they're always trying to upsell you. Like, like you know, give you that extra price. And if you're not aware of that, like you know, if you don't bargain down, they're gonna you're gonna basically lose it. You're losing out. Like you know, like uh, yeah, and it's not even like it's not even about the money because the, the end of the day it might only be a dollar difference, right. but it's the principle behind it. Number one. And the second, it messes it up for all the other tourists who may be on a on a budget, and it just drives the price up for no reason. Mm. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, when you come to Southeast Asia, be willing to bargain with vendors in general. That's a general tip, I think. Like, you know, if you're going to a street vendor, like any type of fair like that, be ready to negotiate and bring it down. So the one, the the biggest annoyance with Chenggu or Bali is the lack of Uber. Yeah, but they have it. They have the app. Mm. It works sometimes. But it, it like ninety percent of the time you'll you'll request one. It'll say it's ten minutes away, and it'll just never come. Yeah, see, I haven't I haven't used it just yet, but um, I did hear that it's gone through a pretty tough time here in Bali, Uber yeah. in general. And I think uh, for the most part, it's scarce. There's a high scarcity of Uber drivers. You know, um, well, yeah, t- talking to so our Uber driver at the airport, we're lucky to even get one because the first one actually he 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 parked. I kid you not, like a mile away outside of the airport. And he's like, I'm here. Can you walk over? I'm like, no, I'm not fucking walking over. And I had to cancel, got another one. Luckily, he actually came and pick, picked us up. But then he said, um, I can't use the Uber app. You have to give me cash. And I was like, I've never heard of this from the Uber driver, like just demanding like cash instead of using the app. Yeah. But at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, we have to get to the hotel. This is our last option. So we did it. And after we actually negotiated and we talked to him more, we realized he wasn't actually trying to scam us, even though it seemed like it. Mm. It's that the fact that he's going to drive an hour to drop us off. And then normally he can, with the way Uber works, is then he hangs out in that area, gets another fare, drives back somewhere else. And then, you know, everybody's happy. But they make, they have this local taxi mafia here mm-hmm. where they don't let him pick anyone up. So he basically has to drive an hour back to the airport with no payment. And that's why he had to double the price. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. There is a legit taxi mafia here. And, uh, you know, that's kind of why I haven't even used Uber because I heard about this before even coming here. And I was like, okay, so Uber is going to be out of the question. Yeah. yeah like, so you have to have a scooter out here. Yeah, scooter, no, there's no joke. There's not. It's not like Chiang Mai where you can walk around everywhere in the old town or in Neiman. That, that's the other thing I like about Chiang Mai is the walkability. Like, Very walkable. If you live in Neiman or if you live in the old city... 
I guess you can even walk to both. It's only 15 minutes. It really is. Now you can walk to both for sure. Uh, here it's totally it not impossible. It is you, literally you, impossible. I mean, you, you, you could, but you're going to be walking like majority of your day. And it's hot <laughs> as fuck here. It's hot <laughs> as balls. Yeah. When it, when it's, when it's, it's like humid. midday, you are dying. Humid, sweaty balls. <laughs> it is hot for sure. Uh, there's no way, way more humid than Chiang Mai. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, you got to think about it, man. We're literally on an island. I mean, like, yeah. you know, and, uh, I think we're pretty close to the equator. No, I I think we're closer. I yeah, don't, I don't closer. Know. So um, yeah, okay. definitely hotter here. Um, I think I love Chenggu as a destination spot, as in a holiday spot, a vacation yeah. spot. I can I can recommend this to one hundred percent of people if you want to come for two weeks, maybe even a month. Yeah, I do not recommend it for someone trying to come and crush a business or grow, you know, grow a business or start a business. I think I think it really depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, for me coming here, I realized you know I have to get more. F- it made me realize I had to focus more on my businesses because I was getting distracted way easier than in Chiang Mai. Like yeah. Chiang Mai, it's so easy to get in grind mode because like everyone's grinding. Everyone's there. grinding. Like you know, and there's every coffee shop. There's people with laptops open. You yeah. know, there's people like literally you know in the zone. Like they're working. Coming here much different mentality like everyone's on vacation everyone's like you know partying everyone's enjoying their like you know enjoying the day enjoying the sun like you know you have to really want to work to work yeah. and even at the co-working space everyone i met was like an alternative health coach or like it's like nobody was actually like building like nobody like nobody i met was an entrepreneur trying mm. to like you know make a big business themselves mm. uh, i i actually have heard uh, at least and i can imagine people who are already successful that either have a lot of passive income coming in or they sold a big business they will come here and just surf for a month and just chill you know maybe they'll check email at a cafe or something so there's definitely you know i'm sure there are there are some higher end people here but they definitely didn't build those businesses in chengu yeah i definitely think you're probably on point when it comes to there's not as it's a lot more scarce when it comes to the people that are grinding the build here i mean like honestly because i think the wi-fi issue i mean like it's not as it's not as strong but you know at the same token like you know you ha- you're at a beach like mm-hmm. it's not so easy to concentrate like when you got the beach like literally like five minutes from you like you can go surf and like you know but at the same token for me i use that as mini vacations as tim ferris would say like you know what i mean like you know i finish something that's like my objective for the day and i literally go surf for two hours yeah, and, I like and, that. and it's a good it's a good like health balance doing yeah. both and i like i'm not saying this is a bad place for ginger meds I think this is the perfect place to do exactly what you said and just get away and just have that work-life balance. Yeah. Maybe enjoy yourself, surf, you know, eat healthy, do some yoga. The food here is damn good. It's very good, especially if you are like Mr. Bottle here and a vegetarian veggie. Yeah, yeah it's really good for sure. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot. And I feel healthier overall here. Actually, I, th- I, th- I think it's definitely healthier than Thai food. It's a lot easier to get salads and vegetables. Uh, there's a lot more vegetarian options if, if that is what you're into. Yeah. I do miss like the richness. Like, I don't think I've had butter since I've been here. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> a lot more raw options for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely miss my Thai food as well. Like, honestly, yeah. like it's. I actually really like the food here, but I think it's just because it's a, it's new. It's like change of pace. You know, and it's, it's it is tasty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say if I had to think long term, long term wise, Thai food's better, tastes better. I would definitely say that. I mean, the food here exceptional. Yeah. Thai food also exceptional. Like you know, it's it's tough to give preference honestly because uh-huh. they both have such different styles. Uh-huh. But um, even uh, I, I can't even honestly say that. Like the Indonesian food, like the local Indonesian uh-huh. food is it's 
also heavily based around rice and like you know vegetables and stuff like that. Yeah. So as a vegetarian, like you know, it's I, just like the spice yeah, that's going to be. I can good. almost yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's just lacking in the spices, yeah. and I, they they have their own versions of like sauces, but yeah. Like in Thailand, there's like such a wide variety of curries and different mm. spices and herbs and everything. But I can see as a vegetarian, I would probably like it here better. Yeah. So but we can, I think we can safely say if you're a vegetarian, you're gonna love the food in Bali. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's, I mean, honestly, both destinations, yeah. they're both really good. So, so I, was it easy to eat vegetarian in, in Chiang Mai? Honestly, yeah, I became. I, I actually, I'm not gonna lie, I became vegetarian in Chiang Mai. Okay, because like I. I was enjoying the vegetarian food much more than the the meat. So like, you know, I, yeah. I transitioned over and I was like, wow, I feel a lot better. And like, yeah. you know, from that point on, I'm now vegetarian. What's funny is, so he, he, I really like vegetables. I actually like the taste of it. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason why I always order meat dishes is just because that's kind of like the easier thing to order. Right. And also there just wasn't really, you know, like pretty often you go somewhere and like, there's, there isn't that many vegetables. Mm. Here, what I've been doing is I've been ordering things like the vegan uh, quinoa and avocado cashew salad, <laughs> and then I'll just ask for a side of chicken. <laughs> and people just think I'm insane, but then it's like, it, then it's the perfect balance because it's 90% vegetables and yeah. then a little bit of meat for flavor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, you're able to pick and choose. And like, I think, like you said, here has a lot more, like, Vegetarian is like almost on every menu. Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like, especially in Changu. Yeah. Especially this era, specific era that we're in. Yeah. Which is what would you call this area? Old old man's. Yeah, I guess old man's old, area. Old man's area. But two okay. belong is like the technical term. But two okay. belong or whatever. But my advice to people, if you want to check this specific area around, is book a hotel room near old man's restaurant beach for two nights, three nights maybe, and then when you get here, get a scooter. Start at Old Man's, work your way away from the beach, going down all the side streets, all the side stories. So I'm not actually on that main street. I'm one street over, mm-hmm. which is a lot quieter. Uh, you have more room. It's cheaper. There's still, you know, there's a couple of nice restaurants here. This place called Fat Chicken, which I like. <laughs> uh, Serenity Yoga is right across from where I am. Yeah. And it's, I'm getting a fucking steal for this resort. Yeah. This uh, is a resort, man. Yeah. This is, a- <laughs> <laughs> this is a resort. And, it's so you can also negotiate with places and get a monthly rate, you know, uh, you know, just for cheap. Because I think per night this room was supposed to be like sixty bucks a night, which would have been two thousand dollars um, if I stayed here for the month. Mm-hmm. But because I told them I was like, hey, I'm gonna stay here for a month. Can you hook me up? And because they just opened and they're still doing like some gardening work and they're just, it's not, you know completely finished and, and they had vacancies they're like yeah we'll, we'll give you you know we'll, we'll give it to you for 900 bucks a month which is a steal yeah, y- yeah that's for sure a steal and yeah. i think a lot of places in um Chengu also will negotiate if you're willing to negotiate with them yeah i can see that but it is nice to hear that there are options where you can get a room for was it 300 a month yeah yeah mine's mine's 300 yeah and i mean no, no pool it has no pool, no. Yeah. But I do have a kitchen, yeah. like okay. you know, a community kitchen, I guess you could say, where like you know you can cook and yeah. you know they have free water, everything like that, you know. And how far away from here are you? Are you past the main street or before? I am like maybe I'm on Barrow Barrow okay. Road, which I, is like you know from here it's maybe ten minute ten minutes away, and okay. I have to do some side streets, which is you passed it. I think I saw it on your your Instagram story. It's that rice paddy yep. road that oh, literally God, like you, you have know, to go through that. Yeah, so that's like a daily commute for me to get to get to here or old man's and stuff like that. It's become so normal for me. Like yeah. you know, I haven't seen anyone fall into this field yet, but like if maybe you can paint a picture and like you know, <laughs> so. There is a street that isn't even listed on Google Maps because I don't think it's an actual street. It is a, literally a rice paddy with a 
walkway <laughs> down the middle of it <laughs> that saves you 20 minutes of, of driving if you just want to go from one street to the other. Yeah. And it is a two-way street that can literally fit one car. It's <laughs> a good car. So, <laughs> what happens is people see an opening and they just drive as fast as possible across this death way <laughs> trying to get to the other side before another car comes and then people get stuck for like hours, right? Because if, if two people, two cars meet in the middle, that, that's it. There's, there's nothing they can do. Yeah, it gets to the point where it's, you know, um, someone has to back up, basically. And like, yeah. this isn't a short, you know, no. road by any... It's, like, like, a, well, it's get, like a block. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a city a, block. It's a little bit longer than a city block, I'd yeah. say, yeah, because there's even an uphill part that, you know... Oh, and it, you can't see another... Oh my god. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's like... Okay, so my advice to people is look on a map really closely. I would personally recommend not staying on that side of it because that road is a bit of you know, I mean I, I'm, I'm sure once you, you get used to it right yeah but it's unnecessary stress and unnecessary traffic if you can stay on this side but Barua the road that I'm staying on is on the other side like the the side that's I guess you have to cross this this road this rice paddy road and it Barua is a there's a ton of good restaurants on that road there are and you know it's a shame because I want to go back to like Naked Cafe where mm-hmm. we met the first day and yeah. cohort which I think is actually, from what I've seen, one of the best cafes to work from. Yeah. It has uh, an outdoor area that's nice. It has indoor cafe that's... Um, Aircon. Air-conditioned. Food is good. People are super cool there. Like, people there are way more welcoming at that cafe than actually at the coring space. Mm. So... I would work out of there again. I just don't want to drive across that, that rice paddy. Yeah, the, 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 that road is... is- quite ridiculous i mean so it is it is what it is i mean it's part of the life here and like honestly there's a whole instagram about literally this road and people driving into the rice paddy fields and it's quite it's quite fu- it's it's not funny but it is kind of funny because like i don't want to say it's funny because then that's going to happen to me but <laughs> like you know sometimes you just get bumped off and like you can't control it like you know because cars are like that close to you there's like at least <laughs> like you know, a f- you're in a rice paddy field <laughs> there's like a five foot drop into the rice paddy field too <laughs> it's insane yeah there's like this whole instagram about these cars literally uh, driving head first i'm, into this I'm gonna post that instagram or at least some photos from it uh, on the show notes this is what episode 52 152 of the podcast yeah. you guys have to see that that's hilarious but um the other street i would recommend not crossing or not living across is just the, the main road oh because even though it's just a big street it's like a highway that is with filled with insane people from mad max yeah definitely 100 yeah. now definitely so, do not do that serenity yoga look for that on a map anything that you can kind of walk from there would probably be good uh other than that if you have to live outside of that, I would not. I would, personally, I would not stay here. Yeah, old old man's. I think is a great starting point, like yeah. you said before as well. Like you know, honestly, going there and just working your way up. Yeah, there's. You, you, you. So we apologize about the construction in the background. There, they're kind of fixing some things. Yeah, uh, no but idea what they're doing. I wanted to ask you, real quick, I, have, have you been to Ubud? Yes. What, what are your thoughts on Ubud versus Chengdu? Um, Ubud is in my opinion, more closely related to Chiang Mai, where okay. it's like kind of like a city. Um, it's There is like a square kind of-esque, like a rectangle that like, you know, where all the main, you know, stores, cafes are and whatnot. Um, but it's also 100% more quote-unquote spiritual than here. Here you got the beachy vibes, surfers, you know, skaters, whatnot. You go to Ubu, it feels like you're in a different, like, you know, realm over there. It's, you know, people are really hardcore about holistic health. You know, spirituality, 
yoga and meditation. I mean, like, those all kind of intertwine. But yeah, right away you can almost recognize that. And yeah, I don't, you know, just for me, I'm not too far into that whole scene. So like I went there with my partner for a few days and like, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? I did some of the touristy things and now I'm, I'm, I'm much happier in Changu personally. So, you know, right away, opinions are much more spiritual, more like Chiang Mai, you know, you're landlocked obviously. And, um, yeah, more into the holistic health if you're into that. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've been to Ubud on vacation once six years ago. Then, in, you know, before I was a digital nomad, before I worked online, so I can't say anything about the scene there or co-working or being a nomad. But I, I, I had that vibe too where <clears throat> it was very <clears throat> yoga-ish and, and hippie-ish. I'm excited to check it out. I think if I came to Bali again, just kind of from my, my idea, I would definitely come to Bali for a month every year just to chill by the beach, surf. And mm-hmm. I, I would come here during my break when I wasn't trying to build something. I would just want to maintain a business or just live off passive income while you know, just enjoying life and popping into a cafe and checking mail once in a while. Um, but Ubud, I'm excited to go. Um, the co-working space, their outpost reached out to me and said, we want to invite you to come check out the space for a week and give a talk to our attendees there. And... That's pretty cool. I, I, I like that they're doing that. Like, you know, they're doing an outreach program or they're trying to get, you know, different people who have something to share, c- come and kind of like just teach a workshop or something. Uh, so I'll report back on that, see how it is. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm interested. Definitely let me know on that because that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I didn't check out any of the co-working spaces while I was out there. But um, it also, again, like, you know, I think Bali in general doesn't have the plug and play mentality for digital nomads as Chiang Mai does. Like, you know, once you're there, you know, you can, you know what's going on. Like, you know, there's the coffee club. There's just like things that are happening that you can go and attend very easily. Here, I haven't even been to a meetup yet. Like a digital nomad meetup at all. Like, you know, I don't even know if they exist, to be honest with you. So I've been kind of doing my own thing and meeting with the people I already know that are in my network. So it's quite a that's a transition for me personally yeah i, I could definitely see that so if you are brand new to this lifestyle and you want freshman year in college go to chiang mai first meet yeah. some friends and then come to Chengu for vacation for visa run mm. or for birding season and come stay for a month and, yeah. and just enjoy the crap out of it check out <laughs> ubud if you like that scene stay there if you'd rather be you know by the beach and surf stay here i definitely advise going to ubud 100% anyway. I mean, even if you're not into it, I'm not 100% into it, so that's just not my thing. But they do have, like, some really great things to go and, you know, see. I mean, there's more waterfalls up that area. So, like, you know, if you're already in Ubud, you might as well, you know, there's, like, an hour and a half away from there. I'm a big waterfall person. Like, you know, photography just makes sense. <clears throat> but, like, you know, uh, anyone, even if you're not into photography, like, waterfalls are incredible. You can swim in some of them. And then, like, you know, Ubud also has this, you know, monkey forest that, you know, I think you should go to as well. Because I've, I've actually been there. I, I've been there. Oh, dude, that's so much fun. I hate monkeys, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I think they're cute, but then they are evil. They're evil. They're but, evil. But they're, it was, for me, first time, it was, it's a fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I went scuba diving th- this weekend. Oh, here what? In Bali, and it was incredible. It was like... One of the best dives I've had anywhere. Uh, I, I wrote a, I think I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing a blog post about it right now. So you guys can check it out, johnnyft.com. I have a video on YouTube for it. But basically in Chenggu, we're pretty far from the dive sites, mm. but I found one shop, Atlantis, that would pick me up from around here. Ironically, they wouldn't pick me up from my hotel. They made me drive across that rice paddy field <laughs> and then <laughs> meet on that side, which I understand. Uh, and, but then they drove me an hour to their shop and then another hour to the dive site. Oh. 
And it was one of the best days of my life. I saw so much cool stuff. I saw seahorse. I saw like stingrays, these weird like rhinoceros, frogfish. I saw just, I know, just cool, just cool stuff. Flying, um, flying weird creature. Just, just watch the video. You guys can see it. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I didn't even know that was an option. Like, I mean, like I just hear gilly all the time when it comes to doing diving. I've been diving in gilly, uh, you know, five or six years ago. And it was beautiful there. I, I like that a lot. Uh, Gili is another place that I recommend for people to check out when you come to Bali. Mm. Don't try to co-work from there. Internet's terrible, I heard. Uh, but if you have your business automated or your passive income can come in, you can take a week off. Go go to Gili, have fun, go diving. It's a little tiny island that you can walk. You can walk around the whole island in like a, what hour and a half or something. I haven't been yet. That's yeah. that's on my bucket list. I'm here. 100%. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, you can take like a quote unquote speedboat from I think Changu to get there. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna do it. I, I don't know what the 4G is out there, but here, here's another reason why you should get a data plan <laughs> is if the internet's crappy at your place or at a cafe or drops out, just switch to your hotspot. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think I'm, I paid 30 bucks, which was overpriced, but I got 10 gigs of 3G and it's not bad. It's not, it's not as good as, you know, the 4G in Poland or in even in Chiang Mai with, you know, the AS super Wi-Fi and stuff, yeah. but it's usable. So I think. I'm going to leave it at this, you know, Bali in general, great place for people who want to get away for a month or two, want to be by a beach, want to do, want to hang out with friends or like have like a trip out of it. I would, I would definitely not recommend you come here alone and try to like plug yourself in. It's not as easy as it is in Chiang Mai. Uh, I wouldn't come here with no idea what to do with the business and, you know, and try to build something from scratch here. Uh, and these are my, my personal my personal opinions. Uh, I don't recommend Dojo. It's a coring space. The cafes here are pretty decent to work out of. Um, it's a lot cheaper. You're saving yourself 200 bucks a month. In Chiang Mai, I really, I really like the coworking scene there. Uh, I'm going to check out Outpost, see how that is. I'll report back on that. And yeah, overall, I would say... I really like Bali. Actually, I, I, I would say I love Bali, but I would not live here year-round. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And, and any kind of uh, wrap-up thoughts? I definitely suggest at least coming out here. You know, if you get the opportunity, do it. I mean, even if it's just uh, for vacation or whatever you're doing, I mean, come on out and like at least check it out and see if it's your, if it's, you know, for cup you. Of tea. Yeah, your cup of tea. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, we can talk about it all day, but until you're here, it's, it's tough to, you know. You got to see for yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. And same, same goes for Chiang Mai too. I mean, like, you know, maybe that's not your thing and, yeah. you know, you want to build a business on your own. I have yeah. no idea, but like, you know, it's, it's not, if you're, if you're starting a business, like you said, here is not going to be easy to network with other people starting businesses. That's that, that's a clear difference. I mean, I haven't been to the dojo yet, but like, you know, so I, I can't really give any input on that, but like, uh, it's different digital nomad scene here for sure. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, kind of reminds me of uh, kind of high school or college with the different clicks and crowds here, but if that's your thing, you might love it. There is uh, a lot a lot more nature here. Yeah. Like a lot, I've you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of like incredible waterfalls, mountains and stuff yeah. like that, that you can go and like, you know, literally like within hours of driving, like you can scooter almost anywhere in Bali. Like you can probably get around all of Bali fairly easily too. On like a scooter, yeah. on a scooter. Like I've driven almost across it now and it takes like an hour and a half to get from like Changu to past Denpazar to like, I went to this abandoned, like, you know, amusement park. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's pretty small. Very cool. So if you want to check out Robert's photos, what, what's your Instagram? Uh, Rob period life. Period visuals. 
Okay, nice. And do you have a blog or anything for people to follow you at? Yeah, robertbado.com. Okay, very cool, Robert. Thanks for, for coming out. I appreciate you uh, hanging out and coming to the podcast. Travel Bosses, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And thanks again to TripStreak for your continued support. Remember, the next time you guys need to book a flight, check out tripstreak.com slash travel like a boss. And also, huge, huge thank you to everyone who's taken time to leave these amazing five-star reviews of the podcast. Josh Wright Piano says, amazing business podcast with great life lessons. Five stars. Johnny's podcast is very inspirational and enlightening. I'm an entrepreneur in the music industry and the insights he shares are so beneficial to anyone wanting to expand their business into a passive income model. Thanks, Johnny, for all your hard work. I've learned many great business and life lessons from listening to your podcast. Thanks, Josh. I'm really happy to hear that. And thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review on the iTunes store. If you guys haven't done it yet, please, please, please do it. It helps so much grow the show, continue to get great uh sponsors like Tripstreak, as well as allows me to continue putting out episodes every single week just for you. So go to the iTunes store or you do the iTunes app on your computer and leave a review today. Thanks again. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.